Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, Catherine. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, I am here with Catherine Kincaid. She's an amazing artist um, from the Philadelphia area. And um, she's, uh, she's going to have a show with Eric Contemporary um, this summer on June 4th. So you're all invited. The link is in the bio. And it's called Every Petal. And um, her entire show will be about florals. And um, she's such a skilled, amazing painter. And um, I've just loved everything that she does. And um, we're also going to have live florals there, as well as an amazing musician um, who, who is going to do the singing plants technique, um, which is where you hook up the electrodes to plants and then you hear the sound of the energy that they make coming through the keyboard. So it's going to be a really cool and interesting show. Um, just a, um, everything to do with celebrating nature and art, I think, is going to be there. And, um, and I'm so excited to be planning this with Catherine. And um, yeah, so, so welcome, Catherine. And Thank you. Uh, yeah, tell us, tell us um, what you're doing now as an artist. I am just full in florals, uh, and I think I have been probably for like the last three years. Uh, spring is like one of the best times to be painting right now, just because all the new flowers come up. I only paint local and seasonal flowers, and so it's kind of uh, whatever you get um, based on the weather and the season, and of course right now you have tulips and daffodils and hellebore and the dogwoods are coming out and mm -hmm. um it's I know it, everywhere there's like you know such a profusion of flowers so it's mm -hmm. so inspiring um and yeah and I also like it matters a lot that I'm painting all of the flowers like from life because in natural light I can watch them like change and move which is like a really beautiful part of the process that I like Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like a connection you have with the flowers to kind of not exactly chase their movement but like listen to how mm. they're like changing as the day goes on or as the light shifts or as they just like open up more um as they're like growing and going through their like life cycle mm -hmm. yeah yeah beautiful and you're you're um the paintings that you do of the flowers, they have such a reverence to them. You can tell you really love them. You love every part of them. And I that's do. what I love about them. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your journey to becoming an artist. Did you always know you wanted to be an artist? I did always know I wanted to be an artist. Mm -hmm. I, I 
don't remember a time where I wasn't drawing and mm -hmm. painting. When I was like three years old, my grandmother took me to this museum near our house. And I don't remember this, but apparently I just sat on the floor and drew the paintings. It was this museum that has these two Gainsborough paintings, one called Pinky and the other one called Blue Boy. Mm -hmm. And I think they're like paintings of young children. So I was like sort of excited by that and yeah. we still have the like drawing somewhere which is I mean it's terrible but because I was three but um <laughs> apparently I just sort of sat there for hours drawing them and um I just sort of continued that and in high school I did some um classes at like a local art college that was near I grew up in Pasadena mm -hmm. um California and uh and then I just really knew that I wanted to go to art school. So I went to art school in Boston at the School of the Museum of Fine Arts. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really knew that I wanted to live in Paris. And so I did a year abroad at the Ecole de Beaux-Arts in Paris, which was also like one of those fascinating things like to see culturally how different um, art and artists are in that space as opposed to like where I was in Boston um, oh interesting yeah I'm actually really curious about that too how, yeah. how would you say that it's different I think that like being an artist is like a less outsider role in the culture than it is in the U.S. or certainly at the time that I was in art school in the U.S. there was definitely a like idea that like if you're an artist you're like outside of society in some way and my experience in Paris was much more of like um the whole culture like accepted that this was like a legitimate real meaningful profession for people mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. have and um there is like a lot more sort of government subsidies and like support of like artists and government supported artist studio spaces and like all yeah. of that kind of thing like it's more incorporated I mean it's not perfect for sure but it definitely felt more incorporated into the like culture of the like Parisian city hmm. so it felt more like they placed like value on it as a yeah. culture yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. that they don't in the U.S. but it um but definitely it felt more in like the everyday person, like understood as like an important part of life. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. going to um, France this summer. Um, yeah. I, I got into a residency actually. And, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So I'll be there in two weeks or not in two weeks. I'll be there for two weeks in July. And um, I've never studied art in Paris or like done anything artistic. I've visited, but it's been like for a vacation, you know, to see right. the Eiffel Tower and all that stuff. And I love it. I love it all. Um, uh, but I, I've never like really delved into contemporary art there. Um, contemporary as in like artists living today, no matter yeah. what kind of art they make, um, because there's so much history in Paris and just in France in general. Um, and when I think of the arts in, you know, in Paris, it's like, I think of actually like the Victorian times, like um, 
like the like 1900 or like the late 1800s to like early 1920s when there was that explosion like the bell epoch yeah um, and like so many great artists were just like thriving there and like all these new movements were being created and so that's what I think of when I think of Paris um would you say that there's still like a lot of artistic creation going on like to that level um I mean I I think so I one of the things I did find fascinating is like I would say that is definitely the time period of like Parisian painting that I am most familiar with certainly mm -hmm. growing up um and uh there's almost like an irreverence in the like contemporary French artist of the past and like a focus on almost like casting off the history and really like doing very different art because um I don't know I mean I don't want to speak for French people but um <laughs> that like the dedication to like actually being contemporary and not realist in their work and yet what I found was the like background knowledge like the art they learned in high school and they often do sort of like a couple of years in between high school and college that's kind of like more directed focus mm. um, was more like an atelier studio style mm -hmm. um, art practice that they learned so like I everyone I came across at the Col de Beaux-Arts could like new anatomy and could do figure mm -hmm. drawing and could okay. do stuff in a way that was not true um, at the museum school in Boston. Mm -hmm. Like sort of foundational knowledge of like drawing and painting was like much better in France than it was, mm -hmm. than I think it is in the US mm -hmm. for like you're an average art school student. Um, and yet nobody was doing realistic work. Everyone was doing really sort of um, modern and like abstract or minimalist or, you know, um outsider yeah. yeah 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 that's that's the feeling that I got there too actually um like I loved all the history because I'm actually more drawn towards realism but um when I went the, when I was there but I was like trying to find like I don't know there's so many I feel like realism is kind of sweeping America and yeah. it's, it's really popular in America there's like so many people who really appreciate contemporary realism now mm -hmm. in America but it, I didn't really get that vibe in Paris, which I was like surprised at because it was such a hub for that. Right. Historically. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six month self-paced transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time. 
after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now, six months from now, if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com. And I was like, man, I would love to see some contemporary efforts at this here, but that I couldn't find any. So yeah. the yeah, so, of I think are like Americans who have like moved there and aren't like doing mm -hmm. it there. But like, yeah, I don't know any French people who work in a realist style. Yeah, that's crazy. Um it's so interesting. Yeah, maybe it has something to do with they feel like it's already been done so thoroughly by their culture that they're like moving on. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess in America, we're still intrigued by it. A, yeah. a lot of us. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. And I think that, um, yeah, when I graduated from the museum school, uh, I moved to New York and was just working a lot in art education and then like mostly working uh, on my art, like you know, in the evenings and weekends and that sort of thing and was in like a few shows here and there. And I just felt like I did really want to work in that realist style and did not feel like I had all the skills that I wanted. And so at that point, I went to Grand Central Atelier and I studied there for three years. Mm -hmm. um, and like, hands down, like, that is the place to get a foundational yeah. understanding of like, how to draw, how to paint, um, how to create three-dimensionality on a canvas. Like that's what you're looking for. Like those kinds of studios um, are the places that are still teaching that. So that was like so valuable for that. Yeah, I, I found that too. And, um, and when did you study with Grand Central? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it was 2014 to 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's, that's like when I was going down there too. So I never studied with them full time. I studied with them like for like two weeks during the summer. And then like, I would actually, actually went there every weekend for two years. Oh my and God. I, I took classes with Greg. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And a few other, um, uh, Gregory Mortensen for those of yeah. you who don't know who he is. Um, he's a fantastic figure and, and portrait painter. 
Um, And so I took many different classes there because I also felt when I graduated that I didn't have enough like realism skills and I wanted to learn those like color theory, proportion, human body, you know, how to create form, like all those, all those like technical things. Like I learned so much conceptually in, um, in school before that, but I didn't, it's such specialized knowledge to learn all of this technical stuff. So um, I really struggled to try to find a school who's, who's, who's teaching would teach that. And I actually tried um, the Florence Academy of Art for a while. I, I liked it, but, um, but I liked Grand Central Atelier better. I think that I liked the, the style of the finished paintings better. Um, and they were, they were a little lighter. They're more, um, I don't know, there seems to be more attention to detail. Although, although Florence Academy of Art is extremely beautiful as well. They're just, they just teach things different. Uh, yeah. Florence Academy is site size. Mm-hmm. And then um, Grand Central is the French academic method. Am I getting that right? Um, I think so, yeah. Which yeah. is much more about like, um, you like measure things based on like themselves. Mm-hmm. So like referencing within whatever you're doing. So um, all you need is like a pencil or like a paintbrush or like a knitting needle or whatever to like, mm-hmm. um, you don't need to technically grid anything out or do any of that kind of stuff. Um, right, right. And they create great, um, great results. It's just they, they are different, like the, the results look different. I feel like I can look at the paintings and be like, I can tell how that was created, you know? Yeah, um, the thing I that know. I love um, learning about was, and I think that this is the other thing is like, even within realism, like everyone has the like thing that they like really, I think latch onto. Mm-hmm. And for some people it's like a deep dive into anatomy And for other people, it's like really sort of gestural, like figure drawings. And for other people, it might be like architectural drawings. And for me, it was like really rendering something like three-dimensionally, like Mm -hmm. cast drawing is a part of this like method of study, which is putting a plaster cast in front of you and doing like a drawing of it, but like not just a drawing of it, like really taking like months to do a drawing of it and like Mm -hmm. it's making anything that's like going back in space like feel like it's going back into space and everything that's coming forward really come forward by using light and dark and how you like shade with your pencil Mm -hmm. to create that three-dimensionality and like that was uh when that like clicked for me in the process of like learning I was like I was never going to go back. Like that is always how mm-hmm. I want to like. It allows for a connection with the actual process of painting that makes me like a hundred percent present in what I'm doing and like really believe that the thing that I'm painting on my canvas is like real, like mm-hmm. as, is like actually a real thing as if this petal of this flower is like more forward and this part of the petal is like back in space even though it's on a two-dimensional surface yes it's creating that illusion yeah 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 I love that 
That's so great. So you graduated from um, Grand Central Atelier and then then what what was your life like then? Um, so then I uh, I did three years there and then I moved to Philadelphia mm -hmm. um, and and then since I've been here for the past almost I guess five years um, it's just been kind of figuring out how to like create my own studio practice and I do think something that happens um, when you go through like any kind of schooling process is like sort of processing and figuring out, okay, this is how I like was taught to work. Now mm -hmm. let me like filter that through myself and figure out like what my voice is and yeah. like how I wanna take that information and like use it for my own process and like in the own way that I wanna work because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I learned great things, but there were plenty of things that I like had issues with and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like that definitely has been a really important process that I've tried not to like rush and just accept one of the things, um, that I think was like so important for me was like not forcing myself to do a like nine to five work schedule, which mm -hmm. I had kind of internalized as like the epitome of like serious art. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I think it was like maybe two years ago, I sort of let myself paint what I wanted to paint and be inspired when I wanted to be inspired, even if that was like on a Saturday or, um, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning instead of eight o'clock in the morning. And that like listening to what like actually felt right for me which seems like a really small thing. Like it seems obvious when you can look back on it, but like I had just been so conditioned to like believe that this was how I had to be an artist that it like took a while for me to accept that like I can totally make my own rules on that yeah. and yeah. do what makes sense and like feels right for me. Right, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important because some people are gonna work the best in a really structured environment and some people you know when the spirit moves them yeah yeah, so yeah. It, it and it, i'm sure it will like change throughout my life like i'm sure there are times that a structured environment was like exactly what i needed mm -hmm. but like learning how to listen to myself better about what mm -hmm. i need right now was is like mm -hmm. such a wonderful process that i get to mm -hmm. sort of journeying on and discovering absolutely and you're you definitely have a gift and you definitely have such an, uh, a, a passion and love for these flowers. And um, I'm just so excited to see them all together. So tell me more about the vision for this show, Every Petal, because I, I think what um, was really interesting uh, is, you know, your vision for, for this show that kind of put a bit of a feminist spin on it. So tell me more about yeah. that. <laughs> well, I certainly think that um, I'm like very cognizant of the history of women in art and how much was denied to us and how many spaces were closed to us and studying in academies and art institutions was either not allowed or allowed in like a very sort of perfunctory way, but 
women were allowed to study the naked figure or any anatomy and sense um, figure painting and like paintings of like humans and genre paintings and um, historical paintings were like deemed the best kind, right? Like the most serious and like meaningful type of art mm. then that whole genre of like being a serious artist was closed to women. And so painting flowers or still lifes or sort of like intimate portraits were kind of the only options that women had if they wanted to paint of what they could paint. Mm -hmm. And I definitely struggled for a while with, I don't know, the idea that I was like not um, doing those women justice by painting flowers because I worried that like they had fought so hard Mm -hmm. to paint something else and like I should do something serious or uh something that was seen as serious by a sort of wider like society of art and um but I just really wanted to paint flowers <laughs> and I kept being drawn to it I would do still life painting or I would do a portrait painting and all the free time I had I would paint flowers and um, it definitely took a lot of like thought and conversation and um, I read a lot of sort of critical theory about art too and that was also helpful but definitely the like conversation with other people um, to kind of understand for myself that that painting flowers was like actually quite radical because I was making this choice despite how it might look externally as like a very gendered sort of female genre to be painting in mm -hmm. um, and I don't know sort of accepting that and realizing that like it doesn't really matter if some people don't see this as serious because I know that it is mm. I love that oh, I love that That's so um, and and the other thing as well that I just sort of found was that in all of my different art school spaces um, here and in Paris, in New York, like there is, and I don't think this is just an art school um, or the art world, like I think this is true everywhere. I just think there's like a focus on art has to be like suffering and mm -hmm um this like torture genius artist idea yeah of, like you should be starving you should be like depressed you should have like trauma that you're experiencing like all of these ideas of like that is what makes a genius artist and it's hard not to internalize all of that and I think it took a long time for me to realize that, like what I want to do is paint what makes me joyful and <laughs> It's not just that I'm painting something that I enjoy like looking at and revel in, but it's that the actual process of painting is joyful for me. And yeah. like studying those flowers and like seeing them change and grow and like start from literally just like a tiny bud and like open up in front of me and get to paint that. Like, I love that. And that I think, is there in my art, I hope. 
and mm -hmm. um, is like, I think in a way, a very like radical process of painting because it's taking the suffering out of it completely. And it's really highlighting the like mindfulness and the like joy and the like celebration of the like act of painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So beautifully put too. Yeah, <laughs> and you could definitely see all that in your work. That's what really made me pay attention to it because it just looked like so, um, so reverently done. And um, yeah, it, it looks serious to me. Um, <laughs> and the way that you're talking about it, you know, do you know who Will Cotton is? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, the painter. And he, so for those of you listening who, who may not have heard of him, you should look him up, Will yeah. Cotton. Um, so he paints these like nymphs in the clouds and like um, these girls in these like candy costumes and these unicorns and stuff. And um, I love his work so much. Um, and, and I remember like hearing in an interview um, <laughs> where, where he was talking about like the point where he decided to like stop painting like depressing things and just paint joyful things and mm. like, things that made him happy and he was like I just got tired of like looking at these things that I was trying to like be really serious about but I actually had no desire to paint and um, I just decided to like you know paint what I wanted to paint and yeah. and that's yeah. when like you know his career took off and um, yeah and I think there's a message in that for all artists as well like um, your natural desires for what you actually want to be painting. Like there's definitely something there for you because yeah. not everybody wants to paint flowers, you know? And so oh. you are, you are given that gift of desire for painting those flowers. And so the world is better that, you know, now that you're actually acting on it, <laughs> you get to see everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's amazing. Well, um, so what is next for you? Um, and and what is, yeah, what are some things that you're working on? I know you're still working on the, um, the paintings for the show. Um, so maybe t talk a little bit about the paintings for the show. What are you excited about for them? Um, so I think that this series uh, for me was like a real turning point in the way that I thought about flowers. I've basically um, starting like about almost a year ago, I really started thinking about the series um, as like a complete concept. And I found that the way I was painting flowers was changing. I think um, to go back to like how I was like able to sort of move out of the right way of painting and find my own way, like um, instead of painting, making these like floral arrangements and putting them in vases and having like a background and all of that stuff, which I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that style of painting a hundred percent, especially for instance, like Dutch master floral paintings. Like it's just absolute perfection. I love that. Mm -hmm. But I just found myself really not ever wanting to paint that vase or that background and really just focus on the flower. And I would have like, you know, these unfinished paintings because I just wanted to get to the next flower and not do that <laughs> that was like sitting there. Yeah. And it 
you know, seem silly to think about it now, but like, it did take me a while to be like, I don't have to paint that face. Like I can just paint these flowers. And it also sort of, because of the seasonality, like it happened that like, I sort of tended to group paintings, all one type of flower in one painting mm -hmm. as they, those were the ones that were like available, like all the daffodils come out at the same time. So then I just can do all these paintings of like just daffodils. And there's almost this like communication that happens. I'll start with one. Um, and then once I have that one flower done on the painting, the next daffodil that I find, maybe I don't feel like it'll fit on that canvas because mm -hmm. maybe the colors aren't right or the way that the petals go like doesn't quite complement the one that's already there so then I'll start a different canvas so I'm often working on many paintings at the same time and really listening to like what's going to work with the composition and how the flowers are going to work with each other mm -hmm. to help me decide like what I put next into the mm -hmm. painting um and how long does the painting typically take you like from start to finish Oh gosh. Um, I know it's, it varies so widely for me, but it does. It's hard. Be, well, when I am working on multiple at the same time, like I might have one that takes like, you know, a whole month because I am doing one flower. And then the next week I am doing a flower, but on a different canvas or, um, I would say if, if I just had like straight flowers um that weren't gonna like all die within two days like that could last me a week um it would probably take me like a week to do mm -hmm. one but if it was just some of some of the smaller ones um where there's just like one flower or something like those can just take a couple days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yeah. wow yeah. cool and um great so Everyone, um, you're invited to the show June 4th, Saturday, 5 to 8 p.m. Um, you can see all of um, Catherine's amazing new work, oil, um, oil on linen. And, yep. um, and then also we'll have the musical performance, which is going to be really cool. And um, yeah, it's free to attend. Um, I'll put the link somewhere around here so you can attend if you're in the Philadelphia area or if you're outside the Philadelphia area, you could travel in if, you, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really great. It'll be up for about a month. So, um, so yeah, um, that'll be, it'll be a good time, but if you're going to come, you should come for the, um, the opening exhibition. Cause then you can meet Catherine and, Absolutely. um, have the full experience. So yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. I loved today's oh. conversation. I learned so much about Paris and painting flowers and, um, women in the arts and, um, I'm all about all those things. So thank you. Of course. It was so wonderful. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio.
I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.